This is Power Players with Dan Clark. This is a podcast interview with the international podcaster John Lee Dumas. Welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark, former athlete, Hall of Fame speaker, New York Times bestselling author, and high performance coach. Where each week I bring you an inspiring message from an extraordinary human being who will share their secrets on how you can tap into your personal power to become everything you were born to be. Thanks for spending some time with me today. In this episode, my friend, dear friend and colleague, John Lee Dumas, a lifestyle guru who hosts the Entrepreneurs on Fire podcast, shares his life and passion to change the world, giving us an inside glimpse on what it took to create one of the top podcasts in the world. Welcome to my show, and I just want to get right to what everybody wants to know. How early on in your life, and I want you to take us back to a a brief description of you growing up and when you finally caught the vision, bro, that you were crazy enough to believe you could actually change the world. Well, Dan, thanks for having me, brother. It is always a pleasure to be conversating and chatting with you. It was amazing to host you at my home here in Puerto Rico, break bread together, and you know, we're going to continue to impact this world in amazing ways, and I cannot wait to do that. And you know, for me, I can just be honest. I'm a small town boy from the state of Maine. You know, my parents had a very simple saying growing up. It was be humble, be happy. So I was always associating being happy with being humble. And I've really tried to carry that forward with me as I grew up and went to college on an Army ROTC scholarship. So after having spent four years as a cadet in the college ranks. I spent eight years as an officer in the U.S. Army. And by the way, I don't say this to many people, but uh, you're one of the few individuals that I've met that's not, um, that wasn't in my platoon that I would ruck up and go to war with. So uh, you're, uh, you're a good brother. So my much to me. And we still remember, we brainstormed about going downrange again. I'm going to put that together as soon as we can. <laughs> we did. Troops. That was classic. And um, my four years as an active duty officer and four years in the reserves, you know, went by pretty fast. And I did a 13 month tour of duty in Iraq as an armor platoon leader, which meant that I was in charge of four tanks and 16 men, which was a pretty interesting and very intense experience to say the least. And I will say that that was kind of when the spark was born that I was going to make the most of my life if I was able to um, get out of Iraq alive. And, you know, I was fortunately able to do so. And, you know, I will have to say, because I I love honoring their memory, but my four of the 16 men in my platoon did make the ultimate sacrifice and they were not able to. And it was actually a commitment to each one of them of not living just a life of quiet desperation that I see so many people lead, but instead to live the life that was the max that I was capable of doing. So, you know, it didn't, didn't equate to instant success though, Dan, like it wasn't like, Oh, I just made that pledge. Now I'm just going to, you know, crush it in life. No, I still struggled. I went to law school thinking that was the path for me. And I dropped that after one semester, I tried corporate finance and quit after one year. I tried commercial real estate in San Diego and it was just miserable experience And it was six years, six years I struggled post-military trying to find what that next step was for me. Fortunately, one thing I never stopped doing was educating myself, was consuming great, inspiring content. And some of that content was in the form of podcasts. 
And I just fell in love with the medium. I understood the value of that free on-demand targeted content. And I said to myself, what's missing in this space? Key, key question that I asked myself. And what I found was there was no podcast that was releasing a daily show with an interview and life story of a successful entrepreneur. And I wanted that as a consumer, as a listener of podcasts, but it didn't exist. So I decided to take a little page out of Gandhi's book and be the change that you want to see in the world. And back in 2012, I launched the first ever daily podcast interviewing the world's most successful entrepreneurs. As you and I are talking, Dan, that was 2,643 episodes ago. I've been cranking them out ever since. And, you know, it's allowed me to build that lifestyle and financial freedom that you mentioned earlier. And now myself and Kate and our little four-month-old golden doodle pup, his name is Gus, live down here in paradise in Puerto Rico. We love it. And life is good. And I get to occasionally host amazing, amazing people like Dan at my home. Oh, you're so kind. Let me ask you a question. You know, you've perfected networking at the highest levels. You've figured out how to uh, how to influence the affluent. When you first started your podcast, in the in the mindset of the six degrees of separation, how did you go about connecting with guests who were successful when you did not have the name recognition? I think this is so beneficial for all of us listening in to be a power player means that you focus in on the things that have never changed. And the first, the first word that comes to mind, obviously, is passion for connecting, passion for educating yourself, passion for learning from everyone you possibly could. How did you go after the A-listers, if you will, and make that connection and get them to believe that you could help them get their message to the world? Great question, because when I launched the podcast, listen, my podcast was nothing. My name meant nothing. Nobody had heard the name John Lee Dumas. Nobody had heard of the podcast Entrepreneurs on Fire. I mean, how could they? It hadn't existed. And so I knew that it was going to be a numbers game for me at first. It was going to be me putting in the work, putting in the reps, and getting people on my show one step at a time. So a strategy that I took that worked incredibly well was I went to Google and I Googled entrepreneur conferences 2012. And all these conferences popped up. Now, did I go and attend those conferences? No. But what did I do? I actually went to the website of those conferences. I clicked on the word speakers at all of these conferences. And I saw right in front of me a list of the speakers at these conferences. Now, these were individuals, Dan, that were going ahead, flying cross country, spending a few nights at a hotel room to speak for 45 minutes at a conference where they probably weren't getting paid or not getting paid that much at all um, to maybe speak in front of 45 or maybe a hundred or maybe if they were lucky, 250 people. Now they were willing to do that. Now, if I was able to convince them and say, Hey, I love the fact that you spoke at X conference on this topic. I would love for you to speak on that very topic that you're an expert on, that you already have the knowledge to speak about very eloquently on my podcast. But here's the difference. You just have to jump on Skype or on Zoom. And for 25 minutes, you can be in your bathrobe. You can have a cup of coffee. You don't even have to take a shower or do your hair because it's an audio-only interview. 
And I'm just going to talk to you about what you're an expert in, about your story, about your knowledge. It was a great proposition. And so not everybody said yes by a long shot, but I got it up to about a 60% yes rate. So for every six people that I emailed and messaged about, uh, so for every 10 people I messaged, six people said yes. And I was able to slowly build and build and build my resume on that. And then every single time somebody said yes, and I would interview them, as I was signing off with them, Dan, at the end of that episode, I would, you know, thank them for coming. And the recording was over and we were kind of having our little final chit chat. And I would say, oh, by the way, Dan, just a quick question. Do you know anybody that would make a good fit for the show? Because you just rocked it. And I would love to have more people like you on my show. And now I'm giving them the opportunity to potentially kind of be a little bit of a, of a hero because now they're able to go to their friends and say, hey, I was just on this show. It's going to give you some exposure. It's just going to take 25 minutes of your time from the comfort of your home. And I was able to get people on my show at a high quantity that way. And, and that word quantity is huge because guess what? I was doing a seven day a week show. And a lot of people told me it couldn't be done because I wasn't going to be able to find enough guests. And I was able to find enough guests that way. And before I hand the mic back over to you, Dan, you did specifically ask about getting the A-listers. Now, a key thing is I did not go after the A-listers at first. I built my base. I put in my reps. I interviewed 30, 40, 50 people. I published those episodes. I actually got okay at podcasting because I actually did the work and put in the reps and did it. And then I was patient and I was strategic and I kept my eyes on those A-listers and I waited. And then when Tim Ferriss was launching his book, Four Hour Chef, when Seth Godin was launching his book, The Icarus Deception, when Gary Vaynerchuk was launching his book, Jab, 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 Right Hook, they went into promotion mode. And then I reached out to them and said, hey, I know you're getting on a lot of different radio shows or talk shows or other podcasts to promote your book. My audience would be a perfect fit. Can I have you on for 25 minutes to talk to my audience about your area of expertise and we'll promote your book? And I was able to, because I was strategic, and they went and they looked and they said, okay, this guy has 40 episodes done. He's got 200 uh, ratings and reviews. He's ranked pretty high in the iTunes store. Let's do it. And then once you get one A-lister, then you're pre-qualified because now the other A-listers are like, oh, well, if Tim Ferriss said yes, then I guess you know he's probably pre-qualified them. So I guess I'm just going to say yes as well, just based off of that. So then once you have that one big domino drop, the others fall. And so I uh, hope that answers your question, Dan. No, that's so awesome. You know, my, my show, obviously, this, this interview podcast is called Power Players. And as I've always tried to point out that anybody can win or lose on any given day, but those who consistently perform at the highest level have clearly identified their passion. And, you know, one of the hardest things for us to do is communicate over the telephone or over the airwaves without any visual mm. And I can hear you smile, bro. Your passion is so <laughs> extraordinary. And to me, passion is when your why is bigger than your why not. So you continuously prepare. Reflect on some of your guests. And what is one of one or two of the most significant ideas, nuggets of wisdom that you've learned that help us entrepreneurs prepare that you actually live by. That's one of the coolest things getting to know you, my friend, is that you actually don't just practice what you preach. You preach only what you practice. This is a lifestyle that you're helping us understand. 
So help us understand that word preparation, if you can. Somebody that you had as a guest that touched you, that taught you, that helped you prepare for life, not just to become an entrepreneur. And who was that person? There's an individual, and you using the word significant really sparked this memory. And it was an incredible interview with this guest whose name is Aaron Young. And he's an incredible human being. And I had him on my show. And we were going through his story, and he was talking about you know, how he had achieved success at a certain, certain age, which was pretty young. And he still felt hollow. Like he knew that he had achieved success but it felt hollow and he couldn't figure out why. And that's where your word significant comes in because he realized that even though he was successful, he wasn't doing anything in his life that was providing significance to this world. And so because of that, he came up with a phrase that he's now very well known for, which is from success to significance. And it was very timely of an episode for me because I was at that stage where I was about three years into my podcast. I had turned Entrepreneurs on Fire into a multi-million dollar a year empire, and it was just growing from that stage, and I had achieved quite a bit of success. I had honestly achieved more success than I'd even expected in my wildest dreams for a lot of reasons, you know, a lot of them being lucky and working hard, and, you know, luck is where effort meets opportunity, and everything was just kind of coming together, but at the same time, I was like, man, like, why isn't this success feeling like I want it to feel? And his words just really struck me to the core of you need to move from just being successful to being significant. And so I shifted my entire mindset of what that looked like on that day. And from that point forward, I've always looked towards being significant. Like success is great to achieve, but once you've achieved it, you've got to learn how to move from success to significance because that's what's going to keep you going. That's what's going to keep you feeling like you're doing the thing that you were meant to do. Because guess what? I could have retired years and years ago. I mean, I'm living down here in Puerto Rico. I'm living on the Caribbean. You know, it's an unbelievable tax haven. You only pay 4% total tax on all of your revenue. It's just an absolute oasis for anybody who's looking to build their net worth and build that financial freedom, build that location freedom, and build that overall lifestyle freedom that's so important to a lot of people. But if you're just doing it for that reason, that success is going to feel hollow. So moving towards what it meant for me to add significance to this world, that was key. And that's kept me going because otherwise I may have stopped doing what I was doing and really lost that North Star, which just keeps me getting up every day, fired up to chat with people like you, Dan, to serve my audience, Fire Nation, to grow my podcast to an even bigger level, to really go deep and you know, be, be incredibly generous with uh, certain philanthropic causes that I love and am committed to. That is bringing the significance into my world. I love it. <clears throat> you know, Aaron Young's a dear friend. You know, my book, my last book's called The Art of Significance. Aaron's been in my home. I've helped him with his keynote speaking He's the and best. stuff. And we talk a lot about that. That's that's so cool how ironic you bring up his name. I need to call him. Actually, you need to call him and tell him I'm the best guy you've ever met. <laughs> <laughs> Done. Well, let's let's continue because you're so fascinated to me how yes, you could have retired. You could retire today after we get off the air, but you still continuously pursue this passion. And one of the things that I've learned that you learned in the military that I've learned through observing 
those of you who have committed to service before self, is that under pressure, you don't rise to the occasion. You fall to the level. We fall to the level of our training. And therefore, I want to ask you as we, uh, as we get to about the 50-yard line of this interview, any, any times in your life since you were successful, remember my definition is successful people get what they think they want. And those of us who are striving to live lives of significance actually want what we get so we don't die with our music still in us. So what is keeping you driven? Why are you still so passionate about changing the world and making a difference every single day, day in and day out? The ripple effect. And I see it in the emails that I get and the social media messages that I receive so consistently is that my podcast, having somebody like yourself or Aaron or fill in the blank for a successful entrepreneur or an inspiring entrepreneur that I've had on as a guest has shared something. You know, maybe it was a word, maybe it was a sentence, or maybe it was just an entire concept and way of thinking that's changed the direction of the listener's life. And then they've gone off and created something absolutely amazing. Now that alone is great, but what comes next is what I call the ripple effect is because of something that Dan Clark said on Entrepreneurs on Fire that inspired a listener of mine to go and do that amazing thing. Now that listener just got an email from somebody who they've inspired by what they've done in this world. They never would have done without those words from Dan Clark on Entrepreneurs on Fire. And that second degree, third degree, or even sometimes six degrees of separation, that ripple effect, like that keeps me up, that keeps me fired. I love those stories. I love seeing just the really exact situations that are transpiring and taking place all over the world while I'm sleeping, while you and I are talking right now, Dan, on your show, somebody's listening listening to episode 431 of Entrepreneurs on Fire that I did seven years ago. But that episode's connecting with them at such a powerful level and it's going to change their life. And that's happening just exponentially. And the more content that I put out, it's just continuing to add to that ripple effect that inspires me above everything else. You know what's so crazy? Uh, you know, I've been teaching public speaking at the university level, MBA level for 10 years. I was teaching at my alma mater, University of Utah. And one of my students, Lauren McCleskey, was murdered. Um, and I wrote a, a, a little tribute to her that went viral. She was such an extraordinary student athlete, a superstar track star. And it's so crazy that you would use the word ripple effect because in that in that tribute, I I quoted Terry Pratch Terry Pritchard, and his words were so phenomenal because what he said is no one ever dies until the ripples they have put in motion have stopped. And too many people during this COVID-19 pivot are just so confused and so decimated and devastated. And what you're saying is that the best way to, to handle something like that is to serve others and make a difference 
and not die before you're dead. You know, too many people die at 25 and then they're buried at 63, as we say. And what you're suggesting here is nobody should die before they're dead. That's why we have so many people walking the halls of life who are dead and they don't even know it yet. When you lose your dreams, you die. So as we wind down our time together, brother, I want to put you on the hot seat and just ask you of all the messages, you know, with Randy Pausch, the famous professor who coined the phrase last lecture, if you had one last podcast and it was you, that's what's so cool about me getting a chance to interview you. You interviewed me, but somebody needs to get you and your wisdom out on the, on the airwaves of the world. That's why I'm so grateful that you joined me. Here's your chance, brother. One one message, you know, take a couple minutes, two, three minutes, five minutes right now as we conclude. If you had one last podcast and you were the guest, after all the experiences and the amazing golden nuggets of wisdom you've garnered from all of these amazing guests, what's your message, brother? I have a message, and it's actually the message that inspired entrepreneurs on fire. Because, Dan, as I mentioned at the beginning of our chat here today, I was a little aimless after the military, after my law school dropout and after my corporate finance flop. And I was, I was aimless. I was kind of wandering around and trying to figure out what that next step was, but I was always consuming content. I was reading the right books. I was listening to the right audio books and podcasts and YouTube shows. And I was at least trying to get that spark to just have something revealed to me because I knew it was out there and sure enough it was. And those words actually came from Albert Einstein. And these were the words that changed everything for me. Try not to become a person of success, but rather a person of value. And the reason why those words had such an impact on me was because it became so obvious in that moment in time that I was doing the exact opposite of what Albert Einstein was trying to share for people to do, that I was trying to become a person of success. I was chasing success or fame or fortune or money or whatever I thought success was at the time, but I was doing nothing of value in the world. I wasn't providing any value. And it just became so obvious to me that I wasn't doing anything of value. And why would anybody want to live that way? And what would it look like if I became a person of value? And that question sent me on a quest that ended up with the idea and the concept of launching a daily podcast, interviewing successful entrepreneurs that was going to be free and valuable and consistent. Those are the three tenets of it, free, valuable, consistent. So I was going to be a person of value every single day going forward because of that podcast. And I was going to see where the chips may fall. And it did not turn into an overnight success. It was 13 months before I had my first financial breakthrough. So it was a grind. That's 390 episodes I produced before I really found my financial footing with Entrepreneurs on Fire. But it came and it came because I decided to be a person of value. So that would be my parting piece of guidance for everybody listening to these words is to take a hard and honest look at your life and really ask yourself, how am I being a person of value? Like, number one, am I being a person of value? And if so, like, how am I actually being a person of value? What am I doing every single day that is providing real solutions 
to actual struggles in this world. Like so many people are providing what they think is, you know, valuable information to people out there. But at the end of the day, unless you're providing real, honest solutions to actual problems, you're not being that true person of value. So think to yourself, am I being that person that John and Dan have become for all these years now? And the answer is yes, keep doing it. And if the answer is no, it's okay. Just now figure out a way to implement becoming a person of value and start putting in the work, putting in the reps every single day and be that person of value. My gosh, you know, you remind me, I've said so many times in speeches over the years, most people hate their job. They only, they only look forward to Friday instead of Monday. They think they're paid by the hour when in reality, we're all paid for the value we bring to that hour. And you just illuminated that powerful word with a couple of minutes left, precious time, you know, my guest, ladies and gentlemen, is obviously the amazing John Lee Dumas. Let me put you on the spot in an even higher, more vulnerable way. And you can just come up with one word or one sentence. You have an amazing relationship with your beloved Kate. Let's just talk about value in different categories. Think quickly, your heart, your gut answer, bro. How do you add value to your relationship with your, your, your significant other with amazing Kate? I listen. That would be the word as I truly listen. I listen to her wants. I listen to her needs, her hopes, her dreams, her desires. Like I truly listen. And so many people, they just don't listen to their significant others. And it's a shame. And they go through life and they talk to each other and they have conversations, but they don't truly listen. And I think that is a key to the 10 years that we've had of a very successful relationship. Okay. So I've had the privilege and honor of being a guest in your home and we've broken bread. How do you add value as a neighbor? You are so well-respected in the time that we spent together. You introduced me to a realtor. You introduced me to your friends. <laughs> we went to dinner with extraordinary man. How do you add value to your neighbors? I ask a question to my neighbors that sometimes takes them off guard because it's a pretty intense question, especially when I'm tell them I'm very serious about curi- I'm very serious in my curiosity about what their answer is. And that question that I have for them is, what is your biggest struggle in life right now? And I'm not going to say that as soon as they say what their biggest struggle is, like I provide them this amazing solution because that's just not realistic. But it's unbelievable just what that knowledge can bring when you at the very least know what your neighbor's biggest struggle in life is maybe a day maybe a week maybe a month or a year down the road something comes up and you can remember that comment that they made and you might be able to just provide a incredible solution as a result so just having that knowledge is incredibly important and i make sure that those that surround me i have that knowledge wow so our guest, John Lee Dumas, his amazing Fire Nation newsletter is also available. It will, it will help you find your passion and prepare you to ignite your future of financial and lifestyle freedom. I appreciate you for being on the show. Again, you illuminate Terry Pratchett's famous words, no one is actually dead until the ripples they cause in the world die 
away. It's been an honor to have you on my program. I love to conclude by illuminating power players, my title, but you've just given us one more definition of what a power player is. It's someone who creates and, and continually perpetuates value, gives value in every situation to every single person, personally and professionally. As I would say, John Lee Dumas, what you teach the world is for all of us to leave saying, I like me best when I'm with you, I wanna see you again. So remember when you finally decide to be a power player like John Lee Dumas, your power play begins in you. And as he said, finding your value and making sure you are invaluable. So until next time, quantify your takeaway and go make a power play. Thanks, John Lee. I appreciate you, my dear, dear friend. Thanks, Dan. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.